Marvel's The Eternals, The Lion King 2019, Halloween 2018. Have you ever wondered to yourself, perhaps there is a bit of untapped potential to this medium of filmmaking based on these three illustrious films? Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a whole wide world of filmmaking out there just waiting to be explored. Welcome to Famish for Film, the home of two pretentious tapeworms that like to suck the fun out of everything. Today we are going to be discussing the genuine and intricate writing of Marriage Story, along with an interview with none other than Joel Pitts discussing anime movies, as well as superhero fatigue. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hello and welcome to Famished for Film. This is the starter section of the podcast where me and my lovely co-host, Jackson. Hey guys, what's up? Where we talk about a selected movie to start off the cast with. And for this week, we have chosen Marriage Story to talk about. Fun for the whole family. Yeah, this one's a doozy. (laughs) (laughs) So... Marriage Story, written and directed by Noah Baumbach, who is kind of known for his impressive writing throughout his entire filmography. It stars Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and it is about a tense marriage um, going through the process of divorcing. And what's so fascinating about this movie is that not only is it so incredibly realistic and raw to the point where I felt like I walked away with Sam Manila. It was, it's also so impressive in the way that it's able to kind of be such a slice of life in the way where it explores and kind of details all sorts of different avenues and all sorts of different experiences that entail something like going through a divorce. And it's, it has so many scenes in it where it's like, oh my gosh, yes, this is so real. This happens all the time, but I've never seen it in a movie before. Like the, it's, it, it's so genuine in that way um, to the point where it becomes rather heart-wrenching <laughs> when tension starts to build and whenever things start to spiral in the way that they do. But before we get too into it, Jackson, what did you think of this? Um, he caught me mid swig of red bull my bad um so i i really like this movie Mm. like man was saying like again i'm kind of on the uh like human experience side of like media that's kind of what draws me to it originally and Mm -hmm. i think that you know the absolute just like i don't know can i say verisimilitude is that is that like a word that you can just like yeah 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 i'd say so okay look it up yeah, look it up, guys. That's yeah. a big word. Vocab word of the week, yeah. Um, so, like, I think that it just captures this part of uh, characterization that you don't really see. I think, like, it's so rare to find truly three-dimensional characters, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to want to treat protagonist or deuteragonist as, like, these either perfect, like, individual or just so flawed that, like, they're morally ambiguous. But, you know the characters in this movie are good and they're frustrating sometimes the choices that they make their their impulses they can be annoying but annoying in the way that you know your friends or your significant other your parents like 
that that these people might be and i think that right. capturing that's so difficult because you know you can write clean dialogue you can write dialogue that services a plot but to write dialogue that captures the essence of what someone might be feeling what a character like no less because yes mm-hmm. characters are are basically projections of what we want to see in a, a certain story aspect right so what a character's thinking seeing that portrayed so well through the dialogue through like the breaks through their actions through yeah. the things that they don't say it's just such a refreshing I, I guess experience because you know you just get so used to seeing the same thing over and over again and this was just I have nothing but praise for the way that the movie is characterized. And again, this mm. was, I got mad at some points or some things that they said, I got upset at some of the things yeah. that they implied, but it was so real. And that's, you know, I almost forgot I was watching a movie and that is high praise. Yeah. Yeah. No. And morally ambiguous is the perfect word that you use to describe it because you start out watching the movie and of course, it very cleverly kind of relays exposition because like something like the process of a divorce, these two characters would be talking about a divorce a lot. So through things like therapy sessions and counseling, you get this sense of like the struggle between this couple is very four dimensional in a way where each side has pros and cons each side has their reasons for being angry with the other side and some of them are unjustified on both sides and some of them are rather justified and it is so human in that sort of way um like we've talked about in something like like sing later on in the cast where conflict is just so flippantly thrown into the story in a way where it's kind of just there's nothing to chew on but with this you got a big fat raw steak in front of you that you're just (laughs) munching on that's like for the entire yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're just absolutely going to town on this thing throughout the two hours and 30 minute runtime and it is just it's so easy to get invested whenever things are written this cleverly and this realistically and not to mention the acting too what'd you think of the acting throughout the whole movie i i honestly forgot i was watching actors like i i truly forgot that adam driver and scarlett johansson were like actors like yeah these are recognizable actors too yeah no names like like i was like the fact that i wasn't seeing kylo ren up there with like his freaking black lipstick and eye shade and all that is eyeshadow right (laughs) like No, it's just, it was so, like, I just thought that the acting was truly incredible. I think that, in, and now now this is hard, right? Making characters who are flawed and likable is really mm-hmm. hard. And as someone who is trying to write my own character, it's difficult. I get it. But, like, it, I think that the, the director or the writer leans into the human aspects of these two people, right? Like, it's it would be easy to have them be these, like, representations of what, like, uh, a, a messy marriage might look like but it seems like two people just trying to figure things out um mm-hmm. like the, you know they they introduce they there's this really clever scene at the beginning where they basically like write in their like mediator session like the things that they like about each other so that they can like remind themselves why they were married to begin with and right. um i guess move forward with that like understanding of why they might were married to begin with right so mm-hmm. then throughout the entirety of the like runtime 
they just build on these aspects, right? So we see the qualities that uh, the wife was talking about her husband, and we see the qualities that the husband wrote about his wife. And even though these, these two notes weren't shared with the other person, um, at the end of the movie, actually, the husband read the wife's note, um, and we got to see his reaction and her reaction as they were in different stages of their life, which I thought was also really clever. But oh, it's yeah. just, uh, it's it's this well-contained, like, sick cyclic story like this circular story that kind of gets us to a a fresh start it just i think that it embodies really just like like true deep thinking about what they want to accomplish how they want to accomplish it what tools they're going to need along the way and kind of keeping track of all those things is something that's just quite impressive to me Mm -hmm. (sighs) i completely agree yeah it is impressive Everything about the movie is impressive. Another thing that's so immaculate about the writing, too, is just how subtle it is at certain points. Yeah. I remember there was one scene where they were kind of, like, strapping in their kid into, like, a booster seat. And, like, (laughs) in any other movie, this would be just such a write-off, just, oh, yeah, the dad just goes over, buckles the kid up, and then, yeah, they continue on to the next scene. But the writer, Noah Baumbach of this movie, used this as an opportunity to kind of display the tension kind of seeping through the cracks a little bit. Because you can very easily tell through their performances, through the writing, that these two characters are holding back a lot. Yep. And through something like the father having trouble putting together a booster seat or putting it together the wrong way, you can kind of see the wife character I can't remember her name. Yeah, forgot her. But you can, yeah, you can, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, you can yeah. see her kind of getting a little agitated with him and kind of regressing back to her thoughts that like, oh, he's kind of incompetent. He doesn't really know what he's doing with a lot of things. Right. And just like through subtle little dialogue cues and subtle facial expressions, conveying that in a way yeah. that's not over the top or like beating you over the head with it. Like, this is relationship movies are so freaking hard to write they are (laughs) and it's jaw-dropping how this basically blows every single one out of the water we talked about or we're going to talk about blended soon that movie is just like a piece of hubba bubba not even five gum it is a piece of hubba bubba on hey, the shoe of good. marriage story. <laughs> hey. hey, let's not diss hubba bubba here. Right? All right, okay. <laughs> but um, no, I I totally agree, and I think that one of the things that was most compelling about their characters is just showing, like, how, like you know, a lot of relationship like stories just want you to go like, yeah, they're a couple, deal with it. But yeah. no, dude, like they they show like the gaps that the other person fills, like when she cuts his hair or whatever, even though they're in the middle of their dispute. Or he comes um, and, like, goes to uh, the, the wife's, like, uh, mother's house, whatever, right? And you yeah. see that him and the mother and her sister have a great relationship. And he's just such a caring person. You know, he might be kind of, like, weird. But, like, you know, he, you can tell he has a good heart. And yeah. for her, you know, when he has, like, a breakdown towards the climax of the movie, um, like, you know, she cares for him. Even though they've just said, like, really awful things about each other. And... I think that that's the part that a lot of people miss about making three-dimensional characters is that, you know, yeah, they might have, they might make irrational choices. They might have misplaced actions, but 
at the end of the day that they're people, right? And that there was a reason that these people got married to begin with. I just think that conveying that so, I would say subtly, like they don't make it a point to go, she's cutting his hair. This means that she's Uh still, like, you know, they don't have to do that because, you know, I think that the the writer treats us as an audience with respect and Mm -hmm. like makes us like make these connections. And man, it's just, yeah, it's it's just what are we some kind of divorce couple sort of I thing wish I, would. I wish we did, yeah. <laughs> what is this some sort of marriage story <laughs> <laughs> yeah in any adam sandler movie he would have been like man i love it when you cut my hair <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're so caring in this time that i'm having this emotional break it's like yeah we understand bro we're watching it happen we are Man, I can't believe you're flashed. doing this right after we just got with our counselor. Right. Man, <laughs> right. How awesome. Right. That was really horrible of your lawyer to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, we know because we know enough about the character to know how they would feel about those things. Yeah. I, yeah. And that you don't see that trust in the audience, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so rare, I feel like. Just they don't feel the need to over explain anything. They understand that you can pick up on things that are communicated through the acting. And it's even like a trust in the actors as well to like, make sure that they do their part in communicating just how hurt these characters are and yeah. how like kind they are at the same time. Like there's, there's an endearing sort of nature to Scarlett Johansson's character and like there's one scene whenever she's opening up to i think it was her lawyer and you can really tell that through the emotion of the performance that she had been holding this in for a while and mm-hmm. i love how she kind of didn't go over the top with it and start just like ridiculously over the top crying or something like that and yeah. just making it just goofy or farcical yeah like she had this expression on her face where she was kind of teary eyed, but mm-hmm. n- like, ah, oh, she wasn't overdoing it in a way though, because right. she maintained the expression through the entire monologue of describing this all or pouring her heart out to this lawyer. And th- scenes like that stapled this as these are some of the best performances of the decade, honestly, because this yeah. was released in 2019. I'm pretty sure. Really? Okay. Yeah. Man, like, you know, some things that stood out to me were like, there were so many like little things, you know, like it's Mm. to me, I think that that's what a lot of people miss when it comes to making compelling characters. It's not like the, the things that are said, you know, or done that like, those aren't the only things that make up a person. It's, it's how they react to certain things, right? The things Mm -hmm. that they say in context of other situations, like for instance, how at the beginning, uh, Adam Driver's character says that, Oh, no, no, sorry. Scarlett Johansson, she says that she can't cry on command um, while she's acting, right? And she's a great actor. In the movie, she's also an actress. So um, Uh she can't cry on command. Kind of funny little. And, like, yeah, relating that back to her, like, bottling her emotions and having a true, like, emotional breakdown, it's like, there are things like that. That was said so so much earlier in the movie that it's almost hard to connect them. But Mm -hmm. the fact that that was pointed out so, like, that characterization of her not being someone who is able to easily control her emotions, right? And then her also ex- ex- showing that through, like, the way that she talks to, you know, her her ex-husband and her lawyer. It, like, you know, it's just, those are the little things, right? 
that really make the people or the characters come alive to me. Like that's a person, right? They're seen mm-hmm. in, in one way in, in one given context. And in another context, they might be different or based on new information, they might change. That's how you make a, a character that feels dynamic and alive. And that that's the type of stuff that really just like scratches my like psychology student brain. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson really blew it out of the water. This might be my she favorite performance from her. Yeah. Like Adam Driver was amazing too, but like ScarJo just stole she the show. Murdered it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Put it in a burlap sack and just. What about beat Black it with Widow? A metal baseball bat. All right. <laughs> actually, no, no. Now that I think about it, this is my second favorite performance. From yeah, her. actually. Her her acting in the original Avengers. Yeah, actually. Just oh, no, 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 no. Not, not the original Avengers. The SpongeBob movie. No way. There's no way she's in the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> You're li- no, 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 no. She's Mindy. <laughs> there, there, no, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm live looking this just up. Has yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> uh, just has a breakdown mid cast. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's my favorite Did, performance mm-hmm. from her. Yep. What? Yep. I never knew. What? <laughs> How did I? Not... That is that that blow that blows my mind. Yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> so yeah, huh. she did. She did a pretty good job here, I guess. But um, <laughs> huh. I I don't know if she's ever gonna be able to top her performance as a uh, Mindy, for sure. Yeah, Mindy's gonna be a tough one to crack. <laughs> Yeah, but to kind of close this out, I I want to say that this is honestly one of the best written movies I think I've seen in a while. There's there's just like next to nothing that combats it for the unbelievable Grand Canyon of depth that's found behind every single character. And... Gosh, I don't even want to know how long the script was for this because the amount of stuff that's like described in the background of scenes and the amount of stuff that's like specified through chatter scenes of big crowds like chattering over each other and stuff. It's all just so natural and so I don't don't want to say enjoyable to watch. It's heart wrenching (laughs) for sure. And that's what makes it such a good movie is that it's able to evoke that sort of like emotional resonance out of me. Yep. So. Also, editing must have been truly horrible. I just want to say that for like the editing of the the uh, script. Yeah. Man, man, I did not envy them. That must have <laughs> taken forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't imagine how many ahs and ums and haws and what's the no, dude. No. Nope. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Could not pay me a million dollars. No. Um, closing thoughts, closing thoughts. So phenomenal movie. I, I mean, again, it's just, you don't often get to see such depth in characterization. Um, and the plot is pretty, it's serviceable. It's not anything like right. intense, but it doesn't have to be. It's, it's more of a character study than like, a an action blockbuster, I guess. So, right. Yeah. Um, it, it is literally just like, yeah, a couple goes through a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But these little like like sign or like these little chunks of media where you really get to see people for people and it shines a spotlight 
almost on us as the audience, right? I think that that is a really engaging part of media that is not focused on enough. And as opposed to being this sense of like escapism where you can just watch it and be like, oh, I'm so glad that that is happening in this movie. You know, it being so Mm -hmm. raw and being so compelling, like it's important for us, you know, as moviegoers to be like, to, to enjoy and be captivated by things like that because, you know, the a film's ability to connect with us is part of the reason that we connect with film so much um and so to me it was just really refreshing after um having to watch uh free guy a couple other movies where they just don't understand you know I, it just just it wait until episode four. Oh, oh boy yeah i can't wait i cannot wait i'm sure uh adam sandler's gonna knock it out of the park um <laughs> But it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. And it reminds me of like why I came to media in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Well, yeah, I believe that this is the section of the podcast where we must transition into our interview section. Thank you so much for listening to this. This has been the part where me and Jackson discuss a selected movie. Any closing remarks, Jackson? Uh, go watch this movie. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Uh, it almost made me cry, which is pretty good. So mm. yeah, you guys should watch it. He does have a heart. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Look at yeah, no. look at that. <laughs> I sobbed like a baby the first time I saw it. But anyways, yeah, there. <laughs> <coughs> anyway. I mean, I'm sorry. I was. <coughs> it was protein powder. Something in my eye. eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> protein cut in my eye. <laughs> <clears throat> wow, must have been some way. <laughs> Anyways, now we we will transition into an interview with none other than Joel Pitts. And thank you so much for listening to this section, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the cast. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to this section of Famous for Film. This is the interview section where we bring on an illustrious, a luscious, and a jaw-dropping guest to entertain all of you with their various opinions on movies. And today, we have none other than Joel Pitts. Introduce yourself, Joel. Hi. I'm, I'm Joel. And after those adjectives, I really, I really just want to be the lamest, most <laughs> boring, most <laughs> deadpan. All right person on here i mean ben's right. already doing that so it's kind of hard but <laughs> okay all right oh well, all right. yeah we can't have two yeah. yeah run the cast by yourself why don't you huh i probably could in fact you know what we're gonna discuss my pay after this how about it <laughs> yeah, that's fine that's okay no, let's, let's delve into that maybe i should be interviewing you guys in your, your relationship problem <laughs> Ooh. That's what we're it's like jackson ben that sounds really rough guys <laughs> maybe we should talk about it mm. Jackson, just ask him out already. What are we doing here, man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, (laughs) thank you for that introduction, Joel. Um, So to kind of transition into the interview, I would first just like to ask a humdinger of a question, a a real gut buster that really Mm -hmm. trips up a lot of people. So hopefully you'll be Mm -hmm. the first that is not tripped up, but... I would just like to ask, what would you say is your favorite movie of all time? And... The Silent Voice. Oh my God, I love you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you are a great person. I hope you know that. I saw 
like a whole minute ahead. As soon as you started talking about it, I'm like, oh, he's going to ask me my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, Ben's not very subtle, is he? I... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I quit. No, no, I'm done with this podcast. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't want to do it anymore. That's it. I don't... the Bully Ben episode. <laughs> Honestly, dude, it's terrible. I'm so sorry, Ben. <laughs> it's good content. Ah, oh, but Silent Voice. <laughs> for, the, for the views. You gotta do it for it's, the views, bro. It's Come great on. content. <laughs> it's good content, guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, nah, Silent Voice. Tell me more about that. Why is that something that kind of, like, is held to, like, a higher standard than everything else for you? Um, I think it's because, I mean, in all honesty, there's, like, it's more of a grouping. And so it, the top one changes often. And so Silent Voice, I watched that recently. Mm-hmm. and it just oh man every time i watch it there is always something new that i didn't realize about the characters relationships about just the actual feelings like little tidbits like little things that they do especially with like um oh shoot i'm trying to think of one of the things i didn't realize the very first time that was like a super subtle thing mm. it's just it's not in your face at all it it yeah. really just is itself and it lets you just watch it and just think about it on your own which is something that so much of the day stuff doesn't do mm, good point uh, just letting it be its own piece of art and holy cow is it emotional watched it with a whole yeah. bunch of like i think it was like 11 of us in a room yeah. and it was me and another guy who had actually watched it and we were like we should watch this movie Every single person in the room like was bawling by the end of it. It really? was, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. That's an interesting choice for like a group, like, group movie. movie? To watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It was. I I don't know why we ended up choosing it. It just <laughs> me and that guy. We really were like, yo, this would be so sick. And then turns out there is a person there that we didn't know super well, who mm. was like just got out of trauma of like suicidal thoughts and stuff and we're like oh, oh snap oh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah we should have probably gave a bit of a of a check around yeah. the room yeah huh. so joel you kind of said a little bit about like um what we're about to ask but like this is a question i think that's really interesting um mm-hmm. because a lot of people have different views on you know what makes movies good and why they're drawn to them to begin with um but like what would you say is the the thing that like draws you to media in general like what aspect of like films especially like really draws you to them it's honestly just the idea of something being there exploring an idea emotion Hmm. uh, a a theme and then also just being art being beautiful because i mean oh my gosh like it's like, yeah, I mean, you could make something that has a theme and emotion behind it that looks like RuneScape, but <laughs> like, is it going to be my favorite movie? And eh, it's going to lose some value. But when right. you make something that just oh, is just gorgeous to look at, and then also something that you can really delve deep, get the characters, yeah, and not realize that you're learning something while being entertained. Huh. and okay. just really getting into these characters minds that's that's mm-hmm. something that only storytelling can do yeah. and i feel like one of the best areas to do it is animation just because mm-hmm. it's you just have so much control over what's happening yeah that's a really good that's, point that's yeah yeah that's like really in depth of an answer for that 
so you said that the beauty of the art and the actual mm-hmm. creation of the art is actually like a very big part of what makes you enjoy a film. So has there ever mm-hmm. been an example of a film or even like a TV show or something where it was beautiful, it looked fantastic, but mm-hmm. it had the depth of a Lego instruction manual, for lack of a better term? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, 100%. I... I um. I would probably say, I mean, of course, just like watching uh, most of the like, just in staying in anime, like most of the uh, shonen, um, yeah, like action. Like, I mean, there can be some intense action scenes, but in the end, it's like the power of friendship, and so I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like I, it can be pretty, but it's not going to get you there. And the same thing with like. Um, marvel can kind of fall into that of like the spectacle Mm. of it all without actually really saying much i think really the guardians of the galaxy is the only like series that i can say doesn't do that Mm. they still have like beauty for beauty but and not, not so much for a meaning sometimes but overall they still deliver a really nice package with some interesting characters i think it's interesting that you like like point out specifically the blend between you know the actual like themes and the characters Mm -hmm. and their interactions as well as like the art direction and kind of just like the the vision and the um i guess like skill in which like a piece of media is crafted because you know a, a conversation that ben and i always have um is like you know is the actual subject matter more important is the depth of what's being conveyed more important mm-hmm. or is the presentation and execution more important yeah and you know obviously we've kind of we, we agree in some cases yeah. but i think ultimately we fundamentally agree at like where exactly that line is drawn it's like where you can consider something to be good mm-hmm. so it's really interesting and refreshing to kind of hear that you know the blend of all of those aspects you know like perfection true like mastery of the medium is just having all those aspects be really good yeah and i think it's interesting because most movies that people would like unanimously say or almost unanimously like agree yeah this is a good movie do have all those aspects kind of merged into one piece of media mm-hmm. so i just think that's a really cool and nuanced answer you don't really hear that often mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. it was yep 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. That's right. Yes, sir. All righty. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, with that said, yeah, I completely agree with that. We do. I feel like me and Jackson do kind of harp on a little bit too often sometimes with like debating over what part or what aspect of filmmaking and what aspect of creation is most important. Mm-hmm. So that is that is cool thinking about how like yeah they're both important in a way even though some of the movies that I watch you can't write a fifteen page dissertation on um, yeah the writing could be genuinely just like atrocious and it's like oh but it's that well and it's like <laughs> oh, oh it looks like a Van Gogh <laughs> painting okay. yeah yeah looks pretty good <laughs> oh that's fine <laughs> yeah but to kind of round things off a bit I wanted to ask mm-hmm. another question about kind of the film industry as a whole. Um, And I kind of wanted to just pick your brain on what specific 
trend or specific habit in modern filmmaking are you kind of like not the biggest fan of not really huge on the fact that it's so popular and being used so much shoot there's there's like so many of those (laughs) um i mean i guess i could give an all-encapsulating thing of just disney but Mm. i don't (laughs) i don't know um just the whole entire thing well okay so there's there's mainly two and it's all the the remakes and just Mm. their control over what media is essentially getting released and what movies are getting made through control of the theaters and just they're really bearing down on film as an art and more turning it into that space of sensationalism which Mm. uh it's it would be okay if that was just like a small part of it, but they've made it to where now you almost like have to do that to compete in a way for like that right. that hype and to get on that train. It's it's definitely made it to where there's very few films I feel like that can kind of like sneak into those theaters and those spots to get attention outside of yeah. what yeah. Disney is supporting. Yeah. No, that's I've never even thought about it like that. How? Because most of the time, whenever you criticize something like that, you only just sticks directly to the impact that Disney's making and mm-hmm. like the yeah. films that Disney's making and how they're so popular and stuff. But the the way yeah. that it affects the way that it ripples through the entire yeah. industry in that way that you talk about, that's yeah, that's really it's <laughs> a take I've never even heard before, but it makes a lot of sense. Joel, do you think like films are kind of like uh, reading some sort, reaching some sort of like, uh, like they're kind of caving in on themselves? Like, do you think that we're going to get to a point where all films just feel sterile? Or are you hopeful that like eventually we're going to kind of put the power back in the the hands of the directors and make like something that's like truly, I guess, interpretable for like the average person again at some point in the future? Mm-hmm. I, I I think it will flip flop because I mean it's like. This was kind of also similarly experienced with like the Western cowboys and stuff like that. Right. Um, media has always had its like ebbs and flows of kind of moving back and forth. I mean, the same thing with like science and religion, just how everything works. Humanity is yeah. known for going to one extreme and then just immediately being like, oh, wait, no, we need this other extreme. And yeah, then that going way too high. far. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait wait a yeah. Minute. <laughs> We're we're a little too wacky on that. We can't seem to get it in the middle and just stay there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of goofy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just keep going back and forth. Um, so yeah, I, I think right. I think ultimately at some point, and I think there's already kind of some of that being shown in um, like A24 and some other studios yeah. that I feel like people Great are getting studio. behind. Yeah, more than yeah. just like they're actually getting a little bit of traction. Um, and I think I think slowly things will will shift a little back be shift back further especially with marvel i think a a lot of people i feel like are getting tired of kind of the marvel formula yeah definitely i I think i think it just in it might take a little bit but it'll shift back right yeah or find a new location split off into something because i know i know some streaming stuff is even though it's not theater releases has been released and it's it's pretty tasteful i think right Oh, that's actually really cool yeah. yeah it's also awesome that you have like that hopeful mindset that's really cool yeah. it's refreshing yeah i mean because <laughs> what 
<laughs> just I don't know, it just made me think of like, yeah, no, Benjamin's just sitting here sulking about the film industry coming to an end and dying and <laughs> everyone just <laughs> becoming, um, <laughs> slaves to Disney's entertainment. We're all gonna succumb to the wagey cagey. It's the uh, Roman yeah, Empire all over again. <laughs> no, no, it can't go back. <laughs> Please no, <laughs> not again. <laughs> oh, Please stop remaking Baby Driver. Please don't <laughs> remake a silent voice. Time, Anything with that? No. Right. Ah, but fantastic answers, Joel. Thank you so much for that. But I do believe we might have to come to a close at this. Did I point. get a hundred? Ah. Uh... Um, maybe like a ninety-seven. Sure. Like that's that's pushing it. I'm thinking more. Wow, jeez. More like sixty, seventy range, probably. Wow. Far straighter. Oh. What are you a TA that needs to prove himself still? What's <laughs> you going talked on? about anime a little too much? <laughs> but, uh, I, Shoot, <laughs> I got points to get off for being a weeb. <laughs> Man, it always happens to the worst of us. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> Yeah, Jackson's in like the 30 ranges at this point. Don't worry about it. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. not on the podcast, Benjamin. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Famish for Film. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Joel. Is there any closing words, closing remarks that you would like to say to all the lovely people? As Ben's roommate, oh, it's no. been a journey hearing him in the closet just talking to himself <laughs> and Jackson to where I, I'm glad I finally got to see that it's not just him going mental talking to his clothes. Oh, it's a recording boot. Actually, gosh, dang it. It's a, you're it's sitting a right by my dirty it's underwear, it's Benjamin. It's I don't a recording. Yeah. Maybe if you would pick up your freaking dirty washing. underwear, we wouldn't have this problem now, would we? Well, uh, sorry, but maybe you should pick up your dirty underwear out of the main room. Oh, uh, uh, maybe you should actually wow. like pick up your the entirety of your closet from the floor of our room because it seems to be freaking mad oh. chilling out there. So you do, anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Ooh, almost lost my cool there. Sorry about that, everyone. All righty. Um, <laughs> thank you. As I was saying, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. See you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. A good day, a good afternoon, or a good night to all film lovers listening. 